So what are we drinking today? Today I have this wonderful tea. It's called a golden milk tea. Apparently it's a sleepy time tea. I do not feel tired after drinking it. Um, I have not felt tired after drinking it because I've drinking I've drinking it I've drinking I've drunk I have had the drink <laughs> I have had the drink multiple times already um and I am not tired it has not made me tired I mean I've just been going with um, lack of sleep anyway so um but I got it off of this TikTok um, called Quincy's Tavern and basically it's almond milk turmeric cinnamon what else do they put in it um honey and ginger and it is amazing um but back to today today is wednesday today is march 22nd 2023 and today is also my one year lockiversary Yay! Yay! I have had my locks in for officially one year today. Um, I'll say this: my my locks have had a lot of growth um over this one year, and I'm excited to see how it will grow later on. Yeah, <laughs> I mean that's pretty much it. Um, but anyway, back to today. Uh, this is a tea party. Yes. This episode will be dealing with episode two of Reclaiming the Throne. And yes, 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 we just had the red carpet event this past Sunday. And it was so too. It was so... I don't even know. <laughs> but I was so happy to see all of y'all who came out. Y'all looked beautiful. Y'all looked nice. And yes, I did show up in the outfit that I had sewn together. I will say this. It was kind of underwhelming, my outfit. Um, and this is just me personally speaking. Um because i had a part of it that was supposed to be on there and i changed it last second and i feel like i should have kept it on um because where else am i gonna wear it <laughs> um many but anyway the um the red carpet event was so amazing i was so happy to hear of all the guests that came in from different states different cities it was an experience I am not going to forget. But anyway, let us welcome our guest today. My name is Ngozi. I'm here with Shimia and I'm drinking some calamine tea, which is delicious. I have a channel called Day Clean Aruka. I also sell fire cider and elixir under Aruka Kayim. Shalom, my name is Hadassah Yahoo. I run a business for little girls and women. I do hair bows and belts. Just go and check me out at Yafa Ada. I'm on Instagram and Facebook. Today, I'm sipping on some turmeric tea. Shalom and greetings, everyone. Uh, my name is Arya Ashah. I am the owner of um, Altov. It is a Hebrew streetwear brand. Um, let's see. 
I am currently drinking a ginger turmeric chai by Berisheet 129. It's my favorite tea, it's the best. If you go to our website, find it, you'll love it, promise. Shalom, shalom, y'all. It's shalom to Um, It's such a pleasure to be on a Koti, one of the hottest podcasts out here. Um, so in regards to some social media, you guys can follow me on, on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. It's Shalem Tudagil, S-H-E-L-E-M-T-U-D-A-H-G-Y-I-L. And on YouTube, it is Modesty and Motherhood, a channel dedicated to reestablishing our views on biblical modest motherhood. So what I'm drinking today, I'm keeping it real simple yet sweet with green tea and lemon, delicious, simple and classic. Shalom, my name is Isla and currently I'm sipping on a delicious tea blend of red raspberry leaves, chamomile, spearmint and peppermint leaves. It's very soothing. So this will follow the same format as the last episode in which I will ask the question and they will give their answers. They are the same questions, but you will get to hear different answers from different people. Now, the first question, if you could speak to the directors, what would you ask? If I were able to speak with the screenwriter or director of Reclaiming the Throne, I definitely would ask what their sentiments were during the recording. You know, accumulating all of this information, all of this biblical and historical documentation, um, going through all this research, looking through texts and historical analyses, like I could imagine that it brings a lot of burden not necessarily negative, but a lot of emotion for me personally would come upon me just seeing all of these facts back to back to back, you know, even meeting with some of our, you know, relatives in different countries. What did you feel during this process of accumulating all of this information? If I could speak with the screenwriter or director, I would ask two questions. The first question would be, what was the thought process of putting together this docu-series? And then the second question would be, how long did it take you to bring the docu-series to screen? From start, research, interviews, brainstorming, writing it out, screenwriter, producing, directing, to finish. If I could speak to the screenwriter or director, I definitely ask them what inspired them to make such an in-depth docu-series or documentary, whichever you want to call it. And, you know, just the process of getting there. What was the thing that, or the person that was the most inspirational? to getting this docu-series created? Um, I, for me, 
I would want to know like what were they feeling what was going through their head as they learned this information um, because of course the it's in three parts so and we're talking about just episode two but I know in the previous parts there was some really for me it was heartbreaking things that I saw and so if you're the person looking doing this because it, it takes a long time to make a documentary especially the magnitude that this one is you're getting that research you're taking all this information in you seeing all the pain and the suffering that your people went through and then seeing to the lengths length sorry that your oppressors went through to hide this information from you and keep you in a docile submitted state like how did that make you feel were you angry were you sad like did, did it make you want to give up like that's that's what i would want to know i i just i like stuff like that but that's that's what i want to know what did it make you more determined to put this movie out regardless because like it goodness gracious it was so much in this movie <laughs> Like you, you couldn't watch it one time and be like, okay, I got everything. You almost have to keep watching it to be like, oh, well, let me get this here, let me get this there. So that's that's what I was asking. Just the process, that whole emotional roller coaster. What was that like for them? Did you feel represented in this, and how? In watching some of the customs, um, the Hebrew customs, I was I noticed that. The things that were done, like the knocking ceremony, it's very similar to what we have in um, the West Indies. I'm from Guyana, and I actually got married in Guyana, and um, the day before the wedding, my husband's family came and they stood at the gate, and they called into my family, my family were in the house, and they had to wait there until they were invited in. They came with drinks, rum, whiskey, things like that. That was like a bride price. And then they, this is where you, you kind of like buy the bride. And then my um, husband-to-be had to find me. I had to hide in the house. And he had to go all the way around trying to find me. And um, then they'd um, put me up on a chair, lift me up, and they were singing different songs. And I looked at the movie and I said, wait a minute, that's the exact same thing that we do. It's just in a different form. Also in Guyana, when you get married, the next week, the next Sunday is called the second Sunday. So I would ask them, what is it about? Nobody knew, but they did it. Everyone that gets married in Guyana, they do this. But then I was able to see how this was, the first one was the knocking ceremony, which is when he came with his family. And the next one was the wedding, the traditional wedding, just as they do in our original Hebrew culture. So yes, I was able to um, connect the two and relate to it, basically because I went through it. And one of the things I thought was how our oppressors, you know, they thought that they were just beating everything out of us, but there are things in us, things even in our DNA that we do that we don't even know why we do, but it's in there. And I think maybe that's one of the reasons why they're trying to work on our DNA now. But it's a little bit too late. Another thing um, connected with our DNA that um, 
sometimes we do and don't even realize why. I remember when I was about nine or ten, uh, my dad had bought a van and then he poured a shot of whiskey and he gave it to me and he told me to go in the van and pour it out in the van and uh, he called it christened the van. And I did it, he said, I didn't know what it was, but then in seeing our Hebrew culture, I realized that was nothing but a libation. Um, another way in which I was able to relate um, in the movie is when the scripture says that um, the stranger among you will rise up. And I noticed how even in Guyana, where it's supposed to be a black country, but the people who prosper the most are the Indians and the Chinese. And you find that in all over the West Indies. They come in and they thrive. And we're always the bottom of the totem pole. Another thing, the scripture says that we would be tossed like a ball. And I'm looking even in Guyana. We uh, gained independence in the 60s. Um, that's when the British owned us. But before that, the Dutch owned us. The French owned us, and it's the same all over the West Indies. My country was first called British Guyana. Right next to it, you have French Guyana, and next to that, you have Dutch Guyana. Each one of them, they came in, they conquered, they saw what they wanted, put a flag down, and said, this is ours. So we can see how even during the movie, this, this all lines up with scripture. Another thing I could relate to was that um, when the scripture says that um, these curses will overtake you and pursue you, the very things we see over here with the um, brutality of the police, with, with black males, we see the same thing. I grew up in England, we saw the same thing before I came over here. The exact same thing was happening. So we see how the word, regardless of what, it cannot fail and it does pursue even though we're not in Africa it's still pursuing us wherever we are the curses are there um, like mine goes he was saying um, she could see herself in a movie but I saw myself in a different way being um, born and raised in America but when they were talking about the um, the, tra the traits that you see of um, Hebrew women compared to African women, that struck home with me. Because I'm an 80s baby, so we grew up when we had the big gold hoops and all the bracelets and all of that. And then it was called, you were ghetto, or you was all these other things. And, but you embraced it, that's who I was. I loved it, I liked it. But you know, other cultures would look at you and kind of, you know, look down upon you and, and you know, think it was, make you feel bad about being yourself. So when I saw the movie and saw a lot of the attributes that you see in scriptures, we've always done that. And we never understood, I never understood why I wanted to wear the big jewelry other than that's what I saw, but I liked it naturally, instinctively, even in the way that we walk. You, society likes to put a lot of things on black women and make it, oh, that's over-sexualized, oh, that's um, inappropriate, oh, that's ugly. And then they'll take it and steal it from themselves. And we, you know, will try to 
assimilate to what their standard of beauty is. But the whole time, we were walking what was placed in our DNA from the beginning. So when I saw that, I was just like, man, this is perfect. So just making sure I even show my daughters that. Be proud of who you are. They're trying to take something from you that has always been in you since the beginning. Did I feel represented in this? And how? Absolutely, I did. And I do feel represented in this docuseries. Um, because prior to my family and I arriving to in this country, excuse me, I did not know about racism, about being called a byword, about disrespect or hatred due to my complexion. You know, I come from a country where the majority of us were the same of the same ethnicity, the same nationality, the same background. Yes, we have variations of complexions. And then that was another thing. You know, I knew the word as complexion and I still know it as complexion. But we didn't say, oh, this is my color. You know, this is my skin color. But over here, that's being that was being said. Um, complete and utter disrespect just because of your complexion. Um, you don't know where it's coming from, why it's directed at you. Um, and what else? So that was brought out, you know, not in the same sense or way that I'm stating, but that was brought out in the docuseries. And actually why, why those things happen to us um, was brought out. So it definitely resonated with me and, it, and I can relate to it and I still do relate to it till this day because we're still here and these things are still ongoing. Thank you. Now, how would a second viewing be different? What would you focus on? Man, this is a great question. If I were able to have a second viewing of reclaiming the throne specifically episode two hmm. i believe i would focus on the geography uh the historical knowledge that is provided in regards to the different um parts of the world which our ancestors are found and um where descendants of the 12 tribes of israel are found like in africa and different parts of the middle e middle east and things like that I feel like me personally, I don't love geography and landscapes and all this stuff, but it's so, so essential to understand and know these things um, for our history and our culture. And, you know, it is biblical. It is something that is important to the most high. So it should be important to me as well. So a second viewing would definitely be amazing because in the first few times you don't get everything because the movie is so packed with information. So if I was able to see a second viewing, I definitely focus on the historical documents that was presented. Every, all the historical information that was presented in this movie, that would definitely be my focus. Has this series, has this episode had an effect on your life? if so, how? This has had a huge effect on my life. It definitely made me look at us as a people different. And 
make me have more confidence in myself and where I am and where I'm going. Now that I know that who I am and where I come from, it's just amazing. Um, certainly this docuseries has had a huge impact, better yet, effect on my life. Because it's one thing to know your personal lineage and family tree, as we call it. But to know your genealogy extends all the way back, possibly to kingdoms um, and actuality, all the way back to the scriptures. Uh, it changes everything. It changes, at least for me, it changes my mindset about who I am, not just looking at myself um, for right now, who I am, or even the things in the past um, that have happened to me. But now going further back, if I'm looking back, going further back into the genealogy, going back at least and having records based on the scripture, um, and e even more, I should say, um, more modern records uh, concerning what has been put out with the docu-series Reclaiming the Throne. Um, it's a lot, it's a lot to intake and definitely a lot to dissect, but I'm grateful at least we have that. Um, and something else, it paints a vast picture for me. Um, one of great honor and nobility even, like I mentioned from before, knowing that we come from kingdoms. You know, my lineage could be um, linked to that. So by birth, I was born in West Africa, Liberia. Um, that's on my father's side and on my mother's side I'm Nigerian and even in the docu-series uh, Nigeria was mentioned um, the culture the uh, way of life the faith-based to a certain extent all links back to scripture it all links back um, to even the transatlantic slave trade now I know that um, I have family and I'm not sure what generation that is, but I actually have a black and white photo of a relative. I want to say he's probably my one of my great, great grands. I don't know how great, but um, it was him and his wife and they had about eight children and they were obviously um, here, unfortunately enslaved, but they became free. And at the time of the photo, they were free. At least that's how the story goes. But they were so westernized. You can't, you couldn't tell. Well, I could not tell. And you stand, still can't tell that they, you know, come from any form of royalty. Literally what the docuseries series brings out. Um, I remember when I was in grade school, about third grade, and um, I, we had not come to this country, to, meaning to the United States at that time. So I was in Liberia and we were learning about our presidents. And now we've had presidents prior to what I'm about to say, as well as chiefs, because we have different tribes back on the continent and in various countries that are still recognized even as of today. Although there are presidents and governors and other forms of government, but many of the indigenous people still keep to the tradition of the land and of the and of our past ancestors um and i remember the president that was mentioned the most spoken of the most 
held, held in the highest of regards was Joseph Jenkins Roberts. Now, why? Because he was a free man who migrated, at least that's the word that's used, from the U.S. to go back to Liberia. Although that's truly not the story, but that's for another day. In any case, he's highly revered, and even the school that I was attending was named after him. But there were other presidents even after him that were indigenous presidents as well. Um, <clears throat> you don't, you hear about them, but not really. They're not held as, uh, they're not held, excuse me, in high regards as Joseph Jenkins Roberts. Now I made mention to that, mention of that, excuse me, because just like here in the States, similar the mindset is back home. When it's westernized, it's better. But I know where that mindset comes from. It comes from colonialism. Again, which is spoken of in the docuseries Reclaiming the Throne. What they've done to us, even those who were not uh, removed from their homeland and their culture and their faith, you know, and their heritage, still to an extent we were stripped. Those people who stayed in their respective uh, places of origin and native uh, um, countries and I say we were stripped because once colonialism came in that took precedence over who you are what you are you know um, I remember I was doing research because I am uh, a chef excuse me by trade <clears throat> doing research on food and what kind of foods did we really eat and when I went all the way back the rice that we eat today, meaning even in the country, is not the native rice of the country. The country actually has rice that was growing there that we used to eat that was better for our gut, better for our health. We didn't have diabetes. We didn't have high blood pressure. So most of our foods that we ate got overshadowed by westernized, not only westernized, but meaning not only the United States, but I know Portugal also had a, a time share or time frame with us. Um, they brought in cassava. You know, it's called yuca uh, in Latin countries. That's not native to us. That's what I just said, Latin countries. That's from them. It's not native to us. It's starchy. So anyway, you know, I can go on and on about this, but I digress. I just said all of that to say it definitely has had an effect on my life and the how more so is what I just explained but moving forward for my son um, I homeschool him and so I won't do what was done to me in the sense of what was taught to me I'm very grateful for the time frame that we're in um, because I definitely will utilize this docuseries and the research within the docuseries uh, many of the books that were spoken of that I can get my hand on, I'm going to and educate myself even more and be able to better explain it to him so that he'll have that and be able to pass it on to his children to come in the lineage that's ahead of us. What about this episode impacted you the most? Now, there are numerous things that impacted my life since seeing this movie now one thing that truly impacted me 
and I'm sharing this because it was practical on my end, was understanding the genetics and how we can trace back our ancestry and and see how it relates with the different hallow groups of the descendants of Israel found in the Bible. So I was able to complete an ancestry DNA test and see my lineage, you know, me coming from, you know, parts of West Africa and Yoruba and Nigeria, you know, all these people who have such a rich history and um, connection to the Bible and the descendants of Israel, I was able to see myself and, and be confident and, you know, happy to even know I have a history and I have a place where I can trace back my lineage. So them truly taking the time out to break down different hello groups and the E1, B1, BNA and stuff like that. Excuse me if those are the wrong terminology, but nonetheless, that was very impactful to me because I could take the information I got from reclaiming the throne, do my own research and see that everything they said adds up. I think what impacted me the most was definitely how much was hidden from us. It literally made no sense how they hid everything literally in plain sight. It completely threw me off. So learning all of that truth and taking it in all at once was just like, whoa, oh, wait, wait, calm down. <laughs> but it definitely impacted me. It definitely impacted me. So was there a scene or quote that sticks with you? This is actually a funny question and I'll let you guys know why. But yes, um, there is one quote that stuck out to me from Reclaiming the Throne episode two and that is when they spoke on how many tribes in Africa practice Hebraic customs and languages so it went on to list like Hottentots, Tutsis, um, Shauna, Hottentots, Igbo, Zulu and it went to list all of these African tribes and then it goes on to say that this white researcher also said that these were also the biblical descendants of the seed of Abraham. So I actually posted this on my social media platforms, on Instagram and TikTok, and it got so much controversy. So many people from these tribes either A, said that this was full of baloney, that this was and then you got other people like this is so true my grandmother taught me Hebrew you know we have different Hebraic customs here blah 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 so it caused so much controversy that I just sat back and just saw Yahuwah was moving he was proving himself and it shows how much of our people are still asleep but it also shows that some of our people know little bits and pieces of our history but they're not connecting it to Yahuwah and Yahusha so it was just so crazy to see that to share that and to see like okay this stuff is real I think the scene that sticks with me the most is definitely when they started bringing out the different names that different slaves had before they were changed that completely shifted how I looked at things. That completely shifted how 
I thought about our ancestors. Like each ancestor had a lineage before and all of them are connected to our Lua. It's just amazing. Hallelujah. Did this episode change your perspective at all? And if so, how? Yes, because um, from seeing this, I can see just how infallible um, the word is. It cannot fail regardless of who you are. If we're from that heritage, no matter where we are, the word is following us. I can definitely say that after watching Reclaiming the Throne, I have gained a greater level of shalom which has definitely changed my perspective on my past experiences. You know, first coming into the walk, you don't truly understand the persecution, the backlash, the separation that you have to encounter, especially because you're so new, you're so zealous, and you don't know anything, but you just know the Royal Kakadesh has dropped upon you and has opened your eyes to the reality of who you are, to the Most High Yahuwah, and now just coming to this point four or five years into the walk and seeing how much resources time energy data knowledge that chief malek musha chief malek yahusha and everyone else that was involved in this production put into this docu-series in order to share this with the world it just gives me so much Shalom to know that the things that I experienced and went through were not in vain, but I also have leaders and and people that can back me up and just be a strong wall of protection around me and continue to encourage me and keep me grounded in what Yahuwah has revealed and continues to reveal to me. So I'm definitely at a greater level of peace. My perspective definitely went it completely shifted like this movie talk about paradigm shift it completely changed how i needed how i saw i needed to carry myself how i saw i needed to inform my brothers and sisters about it how i needed to walk now that i know who i am it was just it was so liberating this is the question of the day would you recommend this docu-series? I would definitely recommend this docu-series to others because it is so important to our people. I think the main way I would encourage others to see it is first, it's free on Tubi, it's on Amazon, and it's on Vimeo. Now, if you haven't already seen Reclaiming the Throne, I don't even know what's going on. Like, this thing is life-changing. It it has been shared millions and millions of times across all platforms. So if y'all not watching what you're doing, like, yes, 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 a million times, yes. Watch this docuseries. It will change your life. Share it with your family members. Share it with your coworkers. Share it with your loved ones and your friends because it will change their lives. You can always, always, always be assured that 
this will plant some type of seed and the most high will water it if he chooses to so go out on that faith share this documentary it is found on amazon prime as well as tubi so please i definitely highly encourage you to check out reclaiming the throne by d28 productions well you heard it from them there's not much else for me to say except to continue to follow D28 on all platforms because even though we just got done with this amazing, wonderful event, there is still so much more to come. And I'm excited. I'm excited to hear that there will be a Reclaim the Throne season two. So yes, stay tuned to D28 and everything that they come out with, including this wonderful song that you are currently listening to called Marching to Zion. Is available on Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube, and I have been replaying this song since it came out. This has been such a great episode hearing everyone's answers, and I just want to thank you all for coming and thank you all for sharing. And to the listeners, see, last episode I said viewers, but I got it right this time. To the listeners, thank you all for tuning in to A Co Tea. And thank you for having tea with me. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we'll say, yeah, yeah.